Chapter thirty six of France to Scandinavia by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. The Land of the Midnight Farm. How would you like to farm in a land where the sun works for you all night long, where you can harvest oats or dig potatoes at one o'clock in the morning, and where the long days make the crops fairly leap from the ground? That is what they have here in Norway where in summer the sun shines at midnight and the twilight is working when the rest of the world is asleep in the northern part the sun stays up till twelve o'clock i have seen the same thing on the yukon in the heart of alaska and i have read newspapers in both countries by sunlight between night and morning the shortness of the summer is compensated by the long light and the fact that nature works sixteen or more hours every day this is one of the advantages of norwegian farming there are disadvantages as well one is that there is not much land to farm the country is so covered with rocks and trees that in every one hundred acres only three have been put under the plough and seventy-five produce nothing of value there is only one large area of good farming land and that is not half so big as rhode island it lies at the southwestern end of norway near denmark which country it greatly resembles this region is smooth and gently rolling and it produces good crops coming northward from copenhagen to christiania i rode for four hours through southern norway the whole way was spotted with what might be called handkerchiefs of land in the midst of the rocks in some places the handkerchiefs lay amid half buried boulders of granite and fat black and white cattle were feeding upon them some were cultivated and had little crops of oats and potatoes i was nowhere out of sight of the primeval rock and the land made me think of the half bald head of old mother earth with patches of hair the pine trees scattered here and there over it the rocks had been scoured by the great ice sheet which rolled from here down over europe and it reminded me of the matopos hills in south africa where cecil rhodes is buried every few miles we passed lakes and streams the latter were filled with logs of pulpwood floating down to the mills to be made into paper now and then we went by a sawmill or a pulp factory and in many places they were shipping lumber and pulp since i have been in christiania i have motored out through the country the farmers are now gathering in their crops for the winter harvesting oats and digging potatoes the potato is the chief root crop that can be grown here at a profit and the annual yield is about twenty-five million bushels i stopped at a field where men and women were gathering the tubers into barrels for the market the field contained sixty acres it was the largest body of farmland i saw during the trip the chief grain crop of norway is oats it is grown all over the country and a large part of it comes from little patches surrounded by rocks in this ride it seemed to me that every patch of good soil was yellow with oats some of the fields made me think of an octopus its back containing the body of the crop and its yellow arms stretching out into the rocks where the grain was cut the shocks were no bigger around than my waist and about eight feet in height there would be scores of these tall golden figures standing like ghosts in one single field in other places the grain tied in lean sheaves was hung upon racks like so much laundry to dry in the sun and the wind posts with projecting pins on them are driven into the ground and long poles are laid on the pins to form racks ten or twelve feet long 
On these the oat sheaves are hung, overlapping one another so as to shed the rain. Some of the racks ran across the length of the fields, making walls or fences of oats as high as my head. You all remember the poem of the judge and Maud Mueller? Maud Mueller on a summer's day raked the meadow sweet with hay? That is the American version. In Norway it would read, When the young judge was seeking votes, he saw Maud Mueller binding oats. Every farm in Norway has its Maud Mullers, and they all vote. They are blonde damsels who work bareheaded and bare-armed side by side with the men. The whole family of the farmer helps with the harvesting. I stopped at a grain field today where a father, his son, and two daughters were reaping oats. The son was a husky six-footer, and the girls, fifteen or sixteen years of age, were fair-haired and blue-eyed. The boy was cutting the oats with a scythe, and the girls followed behind and raked it together, binding it in small sheaves with the straw as a binder. At the same time, the father was shocking. He did this by making a hole in the ground with a crowbar and then driving down a pole about eight feet in height. When this was fixed firmly, he took the first sheaf of oats and pulled it down around the pole to the ground. He then put on another and so continued until the sheaves reached the top of the pole, which he capped so that the shock would shed the rain. In the United States, most of our oat crop is cut by machinery and often bound and threshed by the reaper. The fields here are too small for heavy farm implements, although on the larger estates some reapers and iron hay rakes are used. The first American tractor which was brought here created a sensation, and there are now about 300 of them in use. Most of the crops, however, are still cultivated and harvested by hand. In some parts of the mountains, the hay, rolled up into bundles, slides down on wire ropes to the barns far below. A famous institution among Norway mountaineers is the summer dairy called a satyr. This consists of a sod-roofed hut and cowshed on a mountainside close to a lake or stream. In June or July, the farm girls drive the family cows and goats to these pastures and settle down to two or three months of lonely milking and butter and cheese making. The girls are considered by their families to be quite as safe on the mountainsides by themselves as in their own homes, while occasionally, for company, their sweethearts will climb up on Sunday to see them. In the cool days of September, they return to their homes with a winter supply of fine cheese and good butter. But the wages prevailing in tourist hotels are winning Norwegian girls away from the farm and the Seder, while every year thousands of them emigrate to the United States and Canada, where they are in great demand as housekeepers and farmers' wives. Another farm task in Norway usually turned over to the women is the stripping of mountain ash trees for fodder. In August, the leaves and red berries are pulled off and carefully stored away for the cattle to eat during the winter. In much the same way, young birch shoots are gathered and fed to the sheep. End of chapter 36